It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and C92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Welcome to Three Point Podcast, episode 152 and our post-college football championship edition. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. The triple threat includes the young fella, Jared Fattel, here in the studio. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN from North Carolina. And I'm Ted Fattel, a proud member of Nick Saban's generation. Thanks for the <laughs> listen and See, give us – you like that, guys, huh? You're also a part of, like, what, Bill Cosby's generation and oh, wait, a lot of those guys, we, we too? Don't, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get into the national championship for sure. Uh, before we do, though, i got to throw one thing on the table we didn't talk about in our pre-production meeting, but it's, it's a little bit old news, but, you know – We always try to stay away from specific political things, but what happened at the U.S. Capitol last week, I don't know about you guys, but I was just glued to the television watching this and thinking, what on earth has happened to our country? I mean, you know, we've talked about it a little bit in the last year or so, but I I don't think I ever could imagine myself seeing that happen in the capital of our country. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think we're lucky that it was only what two deaths i think uh five now oh it's up to five five now the way i look at it and i at first i was like how in the world are they even getting to the capital like how is the capital security like that bad where they can just show up and basically barge in uh but then you kind of see the videos and then you start thinking well with what was going on like i think we're almost lucky that it was only five people that did get injured like we're lucky that a senator or you know whoever a really important person didn't didn't get killed because it was a very scary situation. I was kind of watching it like just an absolute disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, disbelief because it, it did almost seem like a, a scene out of a movie because it kind of came out of nowhere. I know like there there were some, I guess some things were swirling that something like that might happen, but, you know, it, it didn't really seem like it actually would. And so when you actually yeah, started seeing video of it, people storming the Capitol with all their flags and their Trump flags and their Confederate flags and all that storming in the Capitol – taking pictures, and it didn't seem like there was – I know there were some videos of some resistance from the cops 
and the security guards, but it didn't seem like there was a ton of resistance from the security guards or the police there at the Capitol. That's what was more kind of head-scratching to me. I know you want to try and avoid conflict if you can, but, you know, we kind of rewind to what we were seeing all last summer with the Black Lives Matter protests, and that seemed like, I mean, damn near a, a civil war was breaking out. So yeah. it was just kind of like, why, why so much different with that? But then when these people are storming the Capitol building, almost almost like no resistance at all. And then it reminded me of what happened in Lansing, just down the road from where you guys are at right now, you know, when people were storming the Capitol building there in Lansing, too. And, I mean, people with guns and stuff just walking around the Capitol building. It was really, like, strange, really uh, an odd feeling. It's funny you brought that up because I was going to mention that. My wife and I were talking about that. And, you know, how on earth is open carry allowed in state capitals i mean in shiawassee county the courthouse you have to go through a metal detector to get in there you can't you can't carry a gun in there i'm not i'm not saying take guns away from anybody but how on earth are you allowed to take a gun into a government building i mean i I understand now that the state of michigan has already put it up for a vote that they're going to disallow that but how is it how is it allowable in the first place yeah, I don't really understand how it's allowed. One thing I will say on, a, I guess, a somewhat brighter note about that is there was a lot of unintentional, like, comedic moments <laughs> just from the storm. Like, I saw a video of it was some guy, like, smoking weed, like, right underneath, like, the right at the entrance of the Capitol or oh, something, God. and he's like, offering it to everybody. And then we saw, like, the guy wearing, like, the Minotaur costume or whatever yeah. that was celebrating. I mean, there was a lot of kind of things like that that were just kind of funny, like, really no other way to put it. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't, like, I wonder if some of these people, you know, I, I saw someone say something like, you know, if you go back and read some of your old emails or your old text messages or something from, from years ago or from when you were a teenager or something, you might get a, a weird look at, like, what you were like back then. You might think, like, oh, man, that's a little cringeworthy seeing the way I was back then. I almost wonder if people, like, go home, you know, the people who were, like, storming, doing some of this stuff, like protesting, rioting and stuff like that, they go home maybe cool down for a second and like maybe see video on the news or on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever and like watch themselves or see what they were involved in. And I wonder if they think like, what the hell were we doing? Like we kind of look like maniacs right now. Yeah. I think you get caught up in the, when you're in a, when you're in, the, in a crowd like that, you get caught up in the crowd. Yeah. There's a term, next thing, there's a term for that. I was trying to think <laughs> what it is like gang mentality or, yeah. or next, something. Next thing you know, you're committing a federal crime just so that you can take a picture in Nancy and Nancy Pelosi's, right. Pelosi's desk. One thing that is kind of scary to me that I real I only realized recently was how many times like uh, president Trump would get asked about, uh, you know, like these these guys, like this, like the so super far right wing, almost like racist, mm-hmm. like group that he has following. I and mean, he kept saying, like the weird saying, "Proud boys, like stand back and stand, stand by." Down, like, it's yeah. such a weird thing to say that I didn't realize that he said it more than once. It's just a weird. That seems like part of the problem. And I know we're not trying to go long <laughs> on this, but you could almost go all the way back, and you know, you don't want to be those people who put all the blame on Trump. You know, like because it seems like that is a lot of the narrative putting all the blame on him. But it seems like almost, what, a year ago now, if him and some of the leaders that are in place would have said, let's take this pandemic seriously, let's all wear masks, let's all do what we have to do, who knows, like, how things would have gone. And to your point, Jared, you know, with some of these people who are the crazy right-wing people, if instead of kind of, like, stoking the flame, he would just say, like, stop this. Like, you know, we all need to work together. We all disagree. That's fine. But, you know, like kind of instead of, you know, like what you were saying, instead of like kind of half-assed telling them to stop, if you would just tell them like, yo, we all need to cool down, I feel like things would go a lot differently. But instead, he seems to like stoke the flame. And it's kind of like, it's crazy. I don't know. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like this in my life. I know, Ted, you've seen similar things, but... Well, yeah, and I'm going to bite my tongue on any political comment right now. But I will say this. You're right. Uh, the 60s, especially the late 60s, is the closest thing I can think of the unrest in this country with uh, the racial problems we had then, which obviously haven't been fixed. But the Vietnam War was raging. We had Nixon in the White House. I mean, it was a similar time. But to wrap this up, at least from my point of view, I, I'm amazed that, you know, they could get accomplished what they did. I'm talking about the rioters getting in the Capitol, and we have these radical countries, especially in the Middle East, watching this and thinking, 
really, is it that easy to get into that nation's capital? You know, doesn't that make you just worry about our overall security here in this country? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll lighten things up here. I promise. We'll talk national championship <laughs> football. And I'll, we'll get into that in just a minute, but i got to tell you about some friends of ours, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, a mortgage and land contract services company. They're focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years' experience in origination of all types of loans. Led by our buddy, Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is giving their complete attention from beginning to end. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear, their team prides themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. Hankard Sportswear always has Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Call them at 989-725-2979 or stop into their store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso and give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Advanced Elevator Company, they have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with their world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools, Advanced Elevator, and area business leader. Well, fellas, the national championship game went pretty much according to script, I think. You know, Alabama, again, shows their dominance. Nick Saban, obviously the GOAT, and just some of your guys' thoughts. The thing that kind of struck me the most was uh, Nick Saban when he was crying uh, in the postgame, which I just thought was something that you never see from Nick Saban. I guess it pretty much had to do with the fact that, you know, the team like basically maintained their focus and overcome like their adversity through a challenging season. But I just don't see how if you're a top recruit and we wonder why there's this big parody, how you don't see something like that, how you don't see the draft class from 2017 with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith, and – uh, to a, and like literally probably 15 first rounders and you don't say I'm just going to go to Alabama why why else would I go to Michigan or anywhere else it's just they're so head and shoulders above everybody else that it's almost comical and it's I love watching these blowouts <laughs> it's not as fun like watching Clemson blow somebody out because you know like Alabama is the really the best team ever but watching Alabama blow a team out in the championship game is something I will never grow tired of tired of and especially like blow a team out in Ohio State who we just saw completely blow out Clemson, who, you know, most people think is one of the best three or four teams in the country, or not just best team, best program in the country right now with Dabo Sweeney and everything. And they just, they made Ohio State look like they weren't even prepared to be on the field at all. I mean, it was just, it was almost a joke. And yeah, like you bring up recruits, and it's funny because one of the ones that, you know, kind of had a huge impact on on that game, and really he has all season, Najee Harris, the Alabama running back, was supposed to go to Michigan. I mean, he was committed. He was going to Michigan until basically signing day, and then he flipped to Alabama. And right, to your point, you know, a lot of recruits, I was thinking about this too, like a lot of recruits, they talk about, like, why they go to a school is because they want to play right away. And it's crazy to think that, like, a a recruit like Najee Harris, he knows if he's going to Alabama, he's going to have to probably sit for at least a year because there's, you know, some, some really good players ahead of him, but maybe even sit for two years. You know, like you know, like Devontae Smith, he was a receiver, but he kinda took a year or two to really step in to like a big role as a receiver for Alabama. And recruits are fine with that. You know, like it's crazy to think that recruits can put that aside and say, Okay, I'm gonna have to wait a year or two probably to really get my snaps on the field, but I'm gonna go play for Alabama and play for Nick Saban and I'm fine with that. Like you almost wonder there's not very very many other programs where, I mean, I don't want to take a shot at Michigan, but, you know, like would players come to Michigan knowing that they basically have no shot to start as a freshman? You know, like I, I don't know. So they, it's, it's insane what Nick Saban is doing with Alabama. I, like I, I tweeted it out. I almost think it's like undervalued. I think people are just almost like numb to how good he is and how good Alabama is. This is something we will we'll probably never see again. Oh yeah, it, at Alabama. It's an all-time dynasty for sure. And you you talk about the guys waiting their turn. I mean, prime example is their quarterback, Mac Jones. I mean, thirty-six out of forty-five, four hundred and sixty-five yards. I mean, frankly, I thought he should have been named the MVP. I mean, Smith is he had a heck of a game, obviously with twelve Here's catches. The Here's the thing about that is. 
he was th- he's been throwing to wide open guys all season, and I and he's That's still true. one heck of a quarterback. I still think he should go in the first round. Do the, do I want the Lions to draft him? No, no. But I think he's a first round talent. But he's throwing to wide open guys. You saw it, Matt. You mentioned how it's like watching Ohio State get blown out by these guys is kind of what's funny about it. I always bring it back to like just like how I view things as a Michigan fan. Oh, okay. So Ohio State blows out Michigan, then Ohio State gets blown out by Alabama. So it just shows <laughs> you that we're just like we are light years away from contending for a national championship. We're like, light years. Like Pluto compared to the <laughs> yeah, sun. <laughs> yeah. Alabama's sun, we're Pluto. That's pretty much what it is. But you talk about the culture, it's 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 almost like how do you even beat Alabama at this point? Because they've started this culture where let's say that like a Jabril Peppers goes to Alabama, he's doing he's uh, he's on the kickoff he's on the kickoff team just like a Patrick Sertain is right now for Alabama. Whereas when he goes to Michigan, it's like he's the superstar and he he doesn't really have to work as hard maybe as he would if he was competing against guys that are five stars like him. It's really a good thing for everybody. The recruits they go there that have the ability to go to the NFL, they wait their turn, they win national championships, then they get paid in the NFL. Like it's kind of works out for everybody, other than the other 200 N- uh, NCAA football teams. It's kind of like Amway, you know, it just all falls in place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's the the culture thing is so big. I mean, obviously they know how good they are. Like so, there's just that mindset that they know if you're on Alabama, you know you're going to be contending for a national title. That's kind of how Ohio State is right now in the Big Ten. They know they're the best program in the Big Ten, so they're going to walk into every game knowing that they're probably the favorite. But at a few days ago, we I was doing the, the media days for um, for the national championship, and uh, Dylan Moses, he's a linebacker for Alabama. He was, he was up talking at the podium, and he said something that I thought was just, like, crazy to hear. Someone asked him something along the lines of, like, how do you prepare for a game? You know, like, how do you get focused pregame? You know, ask him, like, his pregame ritual. And he said something along the lines of, like, he has his pregame ritual that he does every game, listens to music, stretches, you know, all that. But he said as far as, like, getting focused or not getting nervous, he doesn't get nervous or he is just focused because he knows all his teammates are going to do their job. They're the best players on the field. So he trusts every one of his teammates to do their job. And he's going to do his job. He knows they're going to win the game is, like, essentially what he said. And I just – it made me, like, that's just, like, a crazy mindset to have where you can, like, look around every – you know, he plays defense. So look at every linebacker. Every defensive lineman, you look at your corners, you have no worry about your corners. You know, you look at everyone else on your team, and you know they're the best players on the field. And, again, I'm not taking a shot at Michigan, but, you know, you have to wonder if, like, players on that defense, when, like, against Michigan State, you see Rocky Lombardi just dropping bombs left and right. Like, do Michigan players have that same mindset? You know, I, I probably not. You know, so it's what Nick Saban's built. It's just insane. These guys walk in, and they just know they're the best team on the field every day. Yeah, like you said, it's a little bit different than let's just you mentioned like Michigan State and Michigan. It's a little bit different than like if you're Ohio State, who where you have Justin Fields, who basically had to play a absolutely perfect game in order to even have a chance at beating Alabama. And we're not even sure if he's the best quarterback on the field. And he's been hit or hit or miss like all season. Did he at all kind of change how you guys viewed him? Because for me, it didn't at all. You're asking this guy to go up against players that are just flat out better than him without his like stud running back. In comes Master Teague. And just with a team that is just so outmanned and outgunned, we saw it when Devontae Smith scored, like I think, his last touchdown, where they have Ohio State like linebacker uh, guarding him. And Number the guy, 32. <laughs> the guy literally looks like he's running in wet concrete. He did. Guarding Devontae Smith. And it's just you see stuff like that, and it just that doesn't affect me, I guess. So I'm still in on Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, you can't you can't judge him on last night's game. He's still banged up as well. They were shorthanded a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I think he's still a, a top talent. If the Lions had a chance to get him, I don't think they will. It would be it'd be worth a look for sure. Yeah, it, it, when when you mentioned uh, their sermon, their their starting running back getting hurt, it made it gave me the feeling of like Michigan against Ohio State, where like everything has to go perfect for Michigan against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then, like, last night, Ohio State, first drive of the game, their starting running back gets hurt, doesn't come back on the field. That's, like, what happens a lot with Michigan. Like, something stupid happens early in the game that yeah. doesn't go their way, and then it just snowballs from there. And it seems like that's what happened. I mean, Ohio State, you know, they tried to hang around a little bit. But, I mean, you, you could tell right away that they they were going to have to play, like, an absolutely flawless game to hang around. But, you know, I, I was going to ask you guys, I saw like shortly before, really just like an hour or two ago, the the numbers came out for the viewership of the game. 
And the, the it said the, the streaming numbers haven't come in yet, but even when those do, they expect this to be the lowest watched national championship game of the college football playoff era. Hmm. And I, you know, you have to wonder: is it like Alabama fatigue? Even Ohio State, you know, it's the same teams over and over. And you know, are people getting sick of it? I know, Jared, you said you like watching blowouts, but you know, like the casual fans. You know what? What does college football do? Because if if it just keeps being Alabama, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, I feel like you're going to lose a lot of the casual fans. Or, or I mean, what do you think? Oh, it's funny you bring it up, and I'm I'm not with Jared on that. I don't like watching blowouts. I don't like watching blowouts. I like watching specifically Alabama blowouts. Oh, okay. We'll clarify that then. But I I do know I watched the pregame. Uh, it was a, quite a long pregame on ESPN there. But some of the experts, some of the coaches. They were alluding to that fact that really there is a burnout from the top teams like Alabama there all the time. You got to create more interest for the fans, There's, and that's where you got to go with a play, more. A, oh, a larger that's not going to solve anything. The playoff as it is. That's uh, I, the, uh, Chris the Bear Felica just posted it earlier today. Like seventeen out of the twenty-one college football playoff games are blowouts. It's an Alabama. It's not even like a problem. It just happens. The NFL, like with the Patriots, sometimes there's just guys who are transcendent. Nick Saban, we've seen how he's wired, where it's like he'll we. I just saw this on my Twitter timeline too, where he wins a hail mary like LSU miraculous <laughs> victory, and he's oh. still like pissed off. Yeah, like the, there is something wired in this guy, and he's one hell of a coach. That as long as he's around, college football is not going to have parity, and you just got to accept it and enjoy it, like I'm doing, and just. No, acknowledge the greatness. That is the that is the bottom line. It really is Nick Saban. That is the X factor. As long as he is coaching Alabama, they're going to dominate. You know, they're going to win the championship two out of every three years. Just book it right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah, as that that is the stat right now. If you if you were recruited by Nick Saban at Alabama and you stayed, you know, you didn't transfer. You stayed for your minimum three years or four years. You won a national title. That's insane. It is. It's like it, it's insane to think about, and that's he doesn't even have to recruit anymore. I mean, like if you get a call from Nick Saban, even saying like we're we're remotely interested for a preferred walk on, we're going to give you maybe a preferred walk on. I think like that. That's all he has to do. All he has to do is say, "Do you want to come play for Alabama?" And that's about it, right? You sign on the dotted line right there. <laughs> Absolutely. I know I would. Can we we kind of glossed over the biggest story from the game, which is uh, Devonta Devonte Smith. I, I want him. Uh, the Lions fans. I, I I have guys tweeting me. I'll just throw them out. Joe Jenkins tweeting me, trying to get me excited about some guy, some linebacker from Penn State that Todd McShay has as the number 18th ranked player. <laughs> no, if Devonta Smith Devonte Smith is on the board at number seven, we draft him 100. percent We need to draft this guy. I wouldn't be against oh. it, even though I want defense, defense, defense. I've said it many times, but uh, he, he is a special talent. You know, they only come around every every once it, in and a it's, while. It just seems like such a sure thing. Like, yeah. just draft him. It seems like a sure thing, and it seems like, I mean, other than Megatron, like, Staff, Matt, Matthew Stafford hasn't had, like, a dynamic receiver like that before. You know, like, there's some good guys. Like, Kenny Galladay is good. Marvin Jones is good. These are good receivers. But a dude that, you know, like a Tyreek Hill that Patrick Mahomes can just basically throw the ball to and he's just going to zigzag up and down the field for 60 yards, I feel like Stafford has, like, never had that. So if the Lions are going to keep Stafford and he's going to be the quarterback, I wouldn't be mad if they drafted, spent a number seven pick on Smith because they, they need playmakers, and that's where the NFL is. That's where football is anymore. Um, you have to be able to score points. And you know, I, I know our, our history with drafting wide receivers is not the best, but you know, like you guys said, he, he seems like a sure thing. So. Well, they, they may have to make a move, though, because Philadelphia, I think, drafts before Detroit, and I don't think they're going to Yeah, I would say most him. likely that's where he's going to go. But, you know, up until he kind of just went nuclear the last few weeks, it was seeming like he would be on the board. Mm-hmm. And I just want to put my hand up that I want this guy. Uh, I know this college football segment, but I just look quick Lions. I'm fine with drafting a wide receiver like that and p- teaming him up with, with Jones and Galladay and Hawkinson and have Matt Stafford and DeAndre Swift. I don't see the problem in just making our offense from like whatever it is right now, which is like top 15, to try and make it like a top five offense. And one, it's going to be a lot more fun to watch as Lions fans, and it's going to win us more games. It's the way the NFL is going. All right. So If you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to outscore the Chiefs. We're not going to do that right now with what we have. So I'll go along with if there's some way they can get him in the first pick right for the lions then what do you do with that defense what do you do with that d 
we have the second round pick, we have the third round pick, fourth round pick. So you got to go five. everybody, right? Yes. And in there, it's so easy. Too. We saw how many guys we were able to sign when Patricia was calling the shots. They just happened to all be duds. Trey Flowers. Uh, we brought in so many New England guys in the offseason. Right. You can bring in guys in free agency a lot better than you can in the NBA or anywhere, any other league. You can do it in the NFL. Well, hold that thought. It doesn't let's, need to be through the draft. Let's talk a little further, Lions, and then uh, wild card weekend as well. Before we get to that, though, I just wanted to tell our listeners that uh, Nelson House Funeral Homes, their top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority, caring for our friends and neighbors and being there when you need them the most. Find out more on the web at nelson-house.com. Also, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar three-point podcast. Keep on supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. Did you call one in uh, Saturday, Jared? Uh, yes, I did. Cheese that, balls. That a boy. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. And let's hope that the uh, the ban on in-restaurant dining here in the state of Michigan is uh, is taken off the books Friday. I think that's when it's done. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items in real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Well, enough on the Lions, I guess, unless you guys want to add anything else. Last weekend, three games on Saturday. Three on Sunday. Jared, you know how much I like NFL football. I love Wild Card Weekend. Matt uh, tweeted, I was awake Saturday night until the last game. <laughs> I mean, it was it was awesome. It was just great to see. A triple header for Wild Card Weekend on Saturday and Sunday is like the best case scenario. <laughs> I mean, the mm-hmm. way they have them timed out, you know, back to back to back. And that, that really was cool to see. It's awesome. And what's kind of crazy to me is that it seemed to be like one hell of a like weekend for NFL football, but there wasn't really any close games other than, I mean, the Colts and Bills, very first game, and then Ravens and Titans. Yeah. Outside of that, it wasn't really a close game, but it's just the scheduling is so much better. Waking up, there's something about knowing that you have nonstop football from the time you wake up until the time you basically go to sleep. That is just awesome. It reminds you of college football. Well, it reminds me of March Madness, the first Thursday and Friday, where there's so much basketball on. And you're all excited to watch it, but by the end of the day at midnight, you're going, man, my head is bouncing from the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, those are those have to be two of the best days in sports. That really, that whole weekend, yeah, and of the tournament. But like, what did you guys think about seeing? I mean, I think I tweeted it a couple times, but what do you guys think about seeing the Cleveland Browns get a win and the Buffalo Bills <laughs> host a playoff game and get a win? And we're sitting here as Lions fans. We don't even we don't even know who our head coach and our GM are. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all we can hope for is that kind of result. I mean, what the Browns were what zero sixteen? How many years ago? Four or five yeah, years not, ago? Yeah, not long ago. No. And I just want to talk about this team. This team is it used to be one of my favorite teams, and now it's like almost like I can't stand this team. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. One, you have Juju Smith-Schuster with the dancing, which I personally I had zero problem with him dancing. I'm so sick of the like fake thing about it's like an unwritten rule in baseball, like the midfield, like oh he dances on their logos at midfield. He's making a TikTok. It's not like he's rubbing it in somebody's face. He did it all the entire season, and up until some I don't even know some media member or something took the Bengals one and ran with it. I had zero problem with Juju. Then he ran his mouth about how the Browns are going to be the Browns. They lost. Okay, he didn't say anything after the game. Then you have Chase Claypool, rookie Chase Claypool, who come out and said this is a this is a little bit of a Gen Zer term for you, where the Browns are going to get clapped next round, which is always funny. And this team has gone from like this perennial, oh everyone loves the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're the perfect franchise, you know the Roonies and all this. To now, it's almost like I just can't stand these guys. I never really have liked Big Ben. I now I know I hate pretty much every single guy on this roster, Eric Ebron included. And I just don't understand how they feel the need to always talk shit about the Browns despite getting their ass kicked. I just don't get it. Yeah, well, I don't think they were talking a lot of shit when they were down 28 to nothing. Yeah, that was insane how, how crazy that score just blew up right away. It seems like the Steelers, to me, they, like, you know, we talked about a lot about Alabama. They think they're like the Alabama of the NFL, but, like, as you just laid out, basically, they're not. Like, that's always kind of the vibe, you know, because, yes, they are probably one of the top two or three franchises in the NFL, but it seems like they think they are like the Alabama of the NFL, and they're, they're not. And, you know, Big Ben, I mean, I think I saw they owe him like $41 million next year. Ooh. So, yeah, because a lot of people were talking about, like, if he retires, could that be a potential trading spot for, for Stafford if the Lions were looking to move Stafford? 
And I don't know. I don't know if they can walk away from 41 million, or if he would walk away from 41 million. But he looks a little washed up. And, you know, you just wonder if that team, they need to, like, blow it up or something. Maybe if Big Ben retires, maybe that's what they do. But. I don't know. I, it was kind of fun watching Baker Mayfield and the Browns beat them. That's yeah, and, I, and I'm a Steeler fan too, but it was kind of fun to see the Browns win. But, you know, Roethlisberger had a really good year. He struggled down the stretch, but, you, you, you know, you look at it, you watch that game, and you say, yeah, he struggled, but, shit, 500 yards, 47 <laughs> completions? <laughs> well, the what was weird, the thing that made me think he actually might be retiring, it was weird. It's like the whole Pittsburgh Steelers team was, like, crying at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah, Juju, was- Big Ben, like some linemen. I don't understand. That seems like a retirement crying to me. Yeah, it does. But I don't know how you walk away from $41 million either. I really no, don't. I, I don't either. One one thing I will say about the Browns is Jarvis Landry has to get like all tons of credit. If you guys watched the hard knocks from like three or four years oh, ago yeah. when Hugh, Hugh Jack, Jackson was in the, in the reins, it was a dumpster fire there. The culture was terrible. Hugh Jackson was talking about how guys don't need to practice, they just need to play and all this other <laughs> stuff. And Jarvis Landry basically just threw it back in the wide receiver coach's face. Like, this is not a good culture. This is not what we're going to need if we want to turn this team around. And say what you will about Baker Mayfield. Ted, it seems like somebody that you would probably hate just because of his antics and no, all the commercials no, I, he's in. I like him, actually. But it, he's done, and I saw this was an interesting stat, and he's basically he's won more playoff games than Matt Stafford has already. And he that. inherited a worse off franchise than Matt Stafford did. Yeah, I mean, you you always got to take into account. I mean, he doesn't have he, – he's never – Stafford's never had a running game like, like uh, Baker Mayfield has, or maybe even uh, – I, I would say that, but he did have – Stafford's had some good receivers. So I was about to say he hasn't had the receivers that Baker Mayfield has, but he has, obviously, Megatron being one. But, right, you still – you got to go out there and win the games, and Baker Mayfield went out there and he got a playoff win. So, you know, you, you always just got to think about, like, how quickly in the NFL you can turn things around. Because, mm-hmm. right, as bad, like you just said, as bad as the Browns were, they make a couple good hires, and, yeah, they get a good quarterback, add some pieces, and look at they're in the second round of the playoffs. Well, yeah. I, you have to think, like, at some point that's going to happen for the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know they've made the playoffs a couple times, like Caldwell was doing pretty well with them, but, like, it hasn't all come together. So it's just crazy to see, like, the Bills have been able to turn it around. They, they make the right hire, get a quarterback, they turn it around. The Browns have turned it around. So it's like, what what can't the Lions do? Like, what's missing there? Yeah, that's the Lions oh. slappy in me because I, don't, I really don't think if – I don't think the Lions are that far away from being a pretty decent team. I really don't. You know, offensively, I think they have all the parts. It's that defense that they – if they can make the right moves, get the right coach, get the right general manager, they can turn this around pretty quickly, I think. Well, and I think maybe like what you were saying, Jared, with the hard knocks, it's a culture thing. And, I, you know – the Browns obviously had an awful culture, mm-hmm. bringing a new staff, and then you know, kind of turns everything around. And then maybe, yeah, you get a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who is a little cocky, you know, confident, and he also like brings that mindset too. So maybe it's a whole it's a whole culture thing too. It, it's not a maybe. We know it's a whole culture thing with the Lions too. But yeah, I don't know how, how they fix it. I was going to ask you guys though, like how crazy it is to see one of the games uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints, <laughs> Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, two like forty-plus-year-old quarterbacks. Like, doesn't that give you a little bit of hope? Like, Stafford's only thirty-two, so in theory, you know, he's got a good ten years left, right? Right. <laughs> it would it would seem like it, as long as I, it seems like this is almost like a last gasp for both these. I know that Tom Brady seem is seemingly never going to stop being the guy he is, but. At some point, it's got to slow down. And then for Drew Brees, I mean, he broke, what, like 10 ribs this season? Yeah. So I do think that this could be potentially the last time we do see Drew Brees play in the NFL, which is crazy to think about for how good he's been. But I'm just excited for that game. That one, and then I, how do you not look forward to whoever the heck the Ravens are playing? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Were you on the wide receiver uh, train? No, when he was not really. I, I, was, I was kind of on the fence either way. I, I figured he'd probably – be a good quarterback with his running ability but you know no <laughs> but I, it's good to see him finally get that stupid narrative off his back yeah and that was my first time just sitting down and watching an entire Ravens game in a long time and it's it's hilarious just it reminds me a lot of Denard Robinson where it was like if, if, the, if the Ravens are able to run on anyone like he he's the most electric player and the best player in the entire league sort of like Denard was when Michigan when they were just running on teams but then when he's forced to throw 
it's also kind of must-see TV because it's just terrible passes. <laughs> like, there was the first throw that Lamar Jackson threw. It was – he wasn't pressured, the the pass wasn't tipped, and he just missed on, like, a fade route by, like, 20 yards and threw it right to Malcolm Butler. Like, it, it's just stuff like that that kind of just – a little bit of a nostalgia for me. It reminds me a lot of Denard in his college days. Right. No, that's true. I hadn't really thought about in that aspect, but they they play the Bills, the Ravens and Bills, so that's going to be a great game because – Josh Allen is like playing out of his mind right now for the Bills too. So, but it's crazy. Like you, you were talking about, you know, Breeze maybe retiring and stuff. And what if Big Ben retired? What if Drew Breeze retired? What if this was Tom Brady's last year? Philip Rivers is over there with the Colts, and people are saying, you know, this might be his last year. And we know Aaron Rodgers is up there. It seems like he's going to play for a couple more years. But think about those quarterbacks. You know, all now coming down to the last probably year, two, maybe two or three years of their career, like those are five, and maybe maybe not Philip Rivers isn't up in that class, but those are five of the best quarterbacks ever. So it's just crazy to think that, you know, it, it's such a quarterback league. You have to have one of those quarterbacks if you want to even think about contending. Because, yeah, we're talking about, you know, you were just talking about Lamar Jackson, and that's how, you know, the Ravens are, are contending, mostly because of him. So it just makes me think, like, how can you have, I know, all the knocks on Matthew Stafford, but how can you have a guy like Stafford and even be like thinking about trading him away? You know, it's just crazy to think about that. The, I'll explain it from my point of view and why I want Stafford gone. It's just just boredom. I, it's just <laughs> as I mean, yeah. it's my whole. It seems like my whole life we've just been I've been running around on a hamster wheel yeah. with this Lions franchise, and it's time to bring in some new new blood. That's really the one, two, and three reasons. I think he can win a Super Bowl, but it's just time to get some new blood in there. Uh, speaking of new blood, Nickelodeon um, yeah. stole the show, basically, of what was an NFL-filled weekend with uh, – this was my favorite thing that I saw was there was a graphic of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill as a dynamic duo, and then on the other side it had SpongeBob SquarePants and uh, Patrick Starr. <laughs> and I just – I don't – I think it was just such a great idea. One, it serves a couple purposes. I think a lot of people that were, are probably around Matt's age – that we're watching this almost as like a nostalgia factor, just to you know watch Nickelodeon again, get references to Keenan and whatever the heck those shows were back in the day. And also, I think a lot of kids would have really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. it the sliming, the the kind of explaining of a lot of the NFL rules and stuff. Like Young Sheldon was the NFL rules expert. <laughs> like they did a lot of funny stuff with it that I think that this should be more of a staple and maybe even do three or four or five games next year on Nickelodeon. No, I, I think that was basically all of the feedback it seems like everyone was talking about it, how fun it was and yeah i think i saw a bunch of people tweet out or say things that like legitimately this got their kids watching the football game because it was on nickelodeon so it just makes you think like so now is is you know how it goes is is disney you know and espn sitting here thinking like oh well, maybe you know they have this mega cast for the national championship game maybe one of the games should be on the disney channel and we have Hannah Montana and all these other Disney characters like calling the national championship game. It, it was fun though. This is where our generation uh, gap here no takes effect. Is... I mean, I'm not interested in it at all. I understand what you're saying. That's kind of in your guys' sweet spot. I could care less about watching the Nickelodeon broadcast. <laughs> but again, I'm 64 years old. <laughs> well, okay, so, you think it's not your? Tar- it's probably not. You're probably not the targeted demographic. I know. I know. But I'm I'll not. say this: you haven't seen enough of. Just the typical NFL broadcast that you just don't want something new for every once in a while? Maybe, but not Nickelodeon. I mean, it's not like, I mean, one, I think Nate Burleson did a great job on this. He's perfect for it. Yeah. And I think he should get more limelight as just being a great at what he does. But there, it's not like there's there was just total idiots like announcing this game, and it's not like you don't still get to watch the game. I flipped it over there for a little bit, and I I saw enough. I, I'm I'm too old school. I like the I like the top announcers bringing me the game. I mean that's just the way I am. Probably never going to change, but I I understand it. I mean they're trying to market to to young people for sure, and it's it's pretty brilliant. I mean like Matt said, if ESPN and ABC and the Disney World, you know, they go to a, an alternate broadcast like that, that's cool. Now I'll. I I just want to ask you guys this though if you're going to watch a big game are you going to watch one of the alternate broadcasts or are you going to watch the the eighteen? it was done for the perfect game bears saints okay. game that was already just boring as can be right might as well just watch a nickelodeon now if it's the lions in the super bowl no i'm not going to watch a nickelodeon channel <laughs> but for a game that i really don't care it's not like it's on every week i'm going to turn it on to the nickelodeon channel for a little bit 
just a, just a something different. And no, it's going to a little bit, not the whole game. Will you watch the? I whole mu- it depends if it, it drew me in for this last whole game. Okay. So, so you did watch the whole game. Yeah. Okay. So and and that was a game that I normally would maybe have watched ten minutes of and right. turned off. So I think there is something there. Just keep doing it, and, and then it's something that it can be expanded to more than just Nickelodeon. It doesn't have to be Nickelodeon. Like you were saying, I, I don't know if it was you or Matt was mentioning something about doing it on like other channels, or I, maybe I just saw it on Twitter, where like Comedy Central, mm-hmm. if, you know, Jeff Ross or something. Or uh, this was something I got from Bill Simmons where he said that they should do something like this on Bravo, where for, you know, wives or something like that, uh, where it's kind of the best of both worlds, where they're commenting on, commenting on you know, which players are hot or whatever. Hey, you're giving away these ideas for free. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's something that should be explored more. Other, it, We've been doing the typical broadcast for way too long. Uh-huh. I liked what ESPN tried with the Boogermobile. It didn't work. I think it's time to keep trying new things, and when they work, exploit it, which is what they should do with Nickelodeon. Okay, fair enough. No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, ESPN's been doing the megacast for the national title game now for, I don't know, seems like five, seven, or eight years. But obviously, you know, the Nickelodeon thing was new. So I'm sure this is only going to keep growing. Like, I really wouldn't be shocked if ESPN puts a game on the Disney Channel. Or, right, the History Channel comes up with something, and the whole broadcast is, like, historical facts the whole time or something like that. You know, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if this expands because I watched last night. I did watch most of last night's game, the national championship game, on the traditional broadcast with Herbie and Fowler just because I like those two guys so much. So I, I wanted to you know, listen to them call the game. But I did go over to, it was on ESPNU, the SkyCast. It was just the whole broadcast was just the SkyCam. Mm. It was just the SkyCam, no announcers. It was just the sounds of the stadiums. You could hear the players, you know, the pads popping. And all you could hear was, like, the announcer at the stadium saying, like, fourth and two for Alabama, you know, or whatever. So mm. that was actually, it felt like you were, because it was all that Sky camera. It felt like you were, like, in the game. That was pretty cool, but I will say, maybe to Ted's point, after like 10 or 15 minutes, I was kind of like, okay, I need to go back to the, the main broadcast and listen to Herbie and Fowler. Yeah, so, that, you know, I, that, I don't know if I could – I'm I, like, again, with a lot of our conversations, I'm kind of down the middle. I like it. I don't know if I could watch the whole game on Nickelodeon, though. That's why I – you mentioned, like, all those different casts that they have for the college football championship. I love all the different casts. The only problem is they're going against Herbie and Fowler, and they're going against the the national championship. Mm-hmm. If they did more of that stuff for, I don't like, like the coaches' room for, I don't know, Maction on a Tuesday night, like, I would probably watch that. Yeah. But when it's going against the national championship, that's where I have a problem. But I do like what they're doing with all the different broadcasts. It's just not. I'm not going to tune out, you know, Herbie and Fowler for that. No way. Yeah, they're the best in the business, without a doubt. All right. Anything else we want to catch up on in in uh, pro football at all? I guess the one story that I really thought was pretty cool was uh, that Taylor Henneke. Yeah. Out of the XFL. I mean, he looks like he's a, he's a pro quarterback, man. It's, I mean, he looks pretty good. I'll be curious to see, you know, if they keep rolling with him next year. But I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. Maybe before we sign off, I, I tweeted out. Um, I was I was working during that game on on Saturday, and uh, the the PA, the girl I was working with, yeah, in, in the room that I was in, she was just she was working. I was doing my work or whatever. We had the games on and stuff. And out of the blue, she says, "Taylor Heineke or Heineke, uh, who used to play for the Panthers." And I was like, "Yeah." And she said, "Oh, I went on a date with him once." <laughs> it was just like so random, and I was just like, "That's cool." And we. You know, she got to know him a little bit, and, yeah, it was just, like, out of the blue. She went on a date with him once. So, all right. Good times. If something like that happened to me, I would probably never leave my room. (laughs) Oh, this guy, now he's going to be an NFL quarterback probably for the next 10 years. He's going to have all those millions of dollars. It's still a pretty cool story, though. Hey, if I could say that I went on a date with that guy, it'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, he he did good in his audition. I mean, he was he was fun to watch. He really was. And when he ran in for that one touchdown, it's, it, it's was, things it was like, interesting. It's things like that where I just wish quarterbacks, like, obvious, obviously Phil Rivers and, you know, Drew Brees, they seem to still have something to give. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching Drew Brees and he can hardly throw the ball 40, 40 yards and – it's almost struggling. The Saints are almost better when they have Taysom Hill. And I just wish some of these guys would almost just like call it a career. Right. They have the big name. That's why they 
keep the starting job like Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos. But you just there's so many young quarterbacks that if they just had the chance and guys like a Tyrod Taylor who's just had a few bad breaks who can who proved he can start in the NFL and lead a team to the playoffs, like where if they just had the chance if some of these old geezers would retire, <laughs> hey, they would be able to do at that. Me? <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like you would be on the opposite end where have them play as long as they can. That's a fair point. It really is. I think he's trying to hint that uh time for you to he wants now. to take he wants to take over the play by play mic. Yeah. That's what he's trying to get to. Well, if he sticks around the area, he might get his chance. <laughs> if you ever get like Alzheimer's or something, and you just keep doing it because you can, that's when I'm have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to throw a shot, but uh, and he's an icon. But Lee Corso is about at that point right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot of people in all different types of fields that I. I it, it, it that is like, but just football is the moment where you can just most quantify it. Am I there now? Am no. I there yet? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some young gun at your company who's seeing that you're at home watching Game of Thrones uh, during work hours and thinking that he could he should have your job. Yeah, there you go. He can have it. Uh, we'll finish up the podcast here. We got a few things we want to talk about. As a matter of fact, in high school football. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, a mortgage and land contract services company. They focus on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth. SGMS Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch in downtown Owasso. Call for an appointment, 989-720-4380. Find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Also, Advanced Elevator Company. They have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Speaking of Corona, the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And finally, Hankered Sportswear, the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Follow them on Facebook at Hankered.Sportswear. Well, Jared and I did get a chance to work together. Bart had to work at his real job, and we had a chance to broadcast the uh, new Lothrop Loyola game. The Hornets pounded them 41-7. to How impressive was that Hornet team? They're incredibly impressive, and Cam Orr, it starts and ends with him, yeah. really. I mean, Clint Galvis said it himself. He's the best defensive end he's ever seen play at, at New Lothrop, and he's pretty dang good quarterback as well. I mean, what do you have, four or five total TDs? Uh, he, and had, he had 200 yards passing, two touchdowns in the air, 120 rushing, another couple touchdowns. Yeah, it's a pretty good day. <laughs> That's wild to think about a defensive end in quarterback. You You rarely see that. You know, usually the quarterback might play safety or corner, mm-hmm. but he plays defensive end. Yeah, he's it's he reminds me a lot of like he's basically like a Cam Newton in high school. Yeah. It's kind of what he's just he's a he's super hard to bring down. As soon as he gets going, it's going to take two or three guys to get him to the ground. And a defensive end, he's also uh, like a state champion heavyweight wrestler at two fifteen yeah. as well. So he, he's just an all around great athlete. And Clint Galvis is one heck of a coach. So I think they are basically unless disaster strikes i think they should be waltzing to a state title i would think yeah you talk about galvis 126 and 15 that's not too shabby i think he could write his ticket to move up the ladder wherever he wants, wherever he wants if he wants to but i think he's pretty satisfied there in new lothrop i mean they're not just the Camor team either, though. I mean, they have a lot of other skilled players like Will Muron yeah. and some of the others. You know, Bryce Cheney has seven interceptions. Man, he's creeping up on and my that's, record. And that's what kind of cracked me up about all the <laughs> hype kind of leading into the new Lothrop and Detroit Loyola game was all about these skill position players for Loyola. And then you watch them play the first couple minutes and you realize that new Lothrop skill players are ten times better than them. And it just feels like I just like they kind of stole the show to me where they have, yeah, like you said, Garza and Muron, just a couple backs who – I said it during the broadcast, they can't be tackled in a phone booth. They are just – they're fast, they're strong, and they're just – they're so well coached that they're going to be impossible to beat, I feel like. Yeah, and i got to give Jared some credit, too, in the broadcast. I think it was either 14-7 to 7 or maybe just turned 20-7. to <laughs> yeah, I 7. think it was 14-7. to 7. And he said, well, this is going to be a blowout new Lothrop, and you were dead on, man. And you – and I'll just say this for anyone who didn't listen, and Matt, he literally looked at me like I was crazy and that I had just said a million <laughs> swear words on the broadcast. He is so full of it. <laughs> I just hedged yeah, you, you it. I hedged it a little coming, bit. But what did you guys think? Because obviously we've talked about how we don't want to take a shot at the MHSAA, but it feels like they've kind of botched this whole, you know, high school football thing. Did did the game, you know, not have as much juice? Like, did it feel kind of weird that it's 
January and you guys are calling a high school football game? Like, how did it feel at the game? It didn't have nearly as much juice as a typical regional final game would. Uh, And you could kind of tell on the field just from the very start. One, I think Northrop, if there's any program out there that benefits from having that extended time off, it's a a program that has Clint Galvis as their head coach. And New Northrop where – I don't know if the rules necessarily totally apply to them in every situation. Uh, as far as practicing yeah, all the time. and all that sort of stuff. And But at, right off the start of the game, I think there was like three turnovers within the matter of like a minute. Yeah. And I just think that that was a little bit of jitters, but also just the fact that they hadn't played in so long. Yeah, and I, I think you're right about the juice. It's not the same in this era of COVID. But I, I, I think for a January football game, if we would have seen that same game uh, November 20th, it would have been pretty similar, don't you think? You wouldn't have, yeah, I think so. You wouldn't have noticed too much of a difference no. at all. And we were lucky, too, because the weather actually cooperated for us. Sunny, uh, not overly cold. I think it was like 33, a little bit of wind, but it wasn't bad. I would like to make this change to all MHSAA football games going forward. Playoff games should always be played on Saturdays. At that late of yes, the year, yes. when it's a Friday night, it's almost always like raining or sleeting or 10 degrees outside. Let's move it to a Saturday where it's almost always sunny. From round one, right? Round one on. Yep. And just like why even have the weather be such a huge factor in the game when it doesn't need to be? I'm all for that, especially with my old eyes. I can see a lot better in the <laughs> yeah. daytime. Yeah. That's for sure. There is something cool about Saturday afternoon playoff games. I know – the, the two playoff games I played in, we played on Friday night. Mm-hmm. But I remember growing up watching those mid-'90s Corona teams play on a couple of Saturday afternoons. I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes you feel like it's a college football game yeah. or something. A big there's, also, there's something cool about playing on a Saturday afternoon, too. No, I agree. I, that's it, it is. It's a better atmosphere. And it, 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 as I only played in one Saturday game in my entire career, but it was awesome. It does feel like a college football game, kind of. Well, we will be there next Saturday, January 16th, 1 o'clock on Z925.com. Check it out. Check out the live radio broadcast, Division 7 semifinal. New Lothrop takes on Schoolcraft from Fenton High School. Jared, me, and the Bartman will be there for that. You said uh, Schoolcraft's got some pretty decent yeah, players, right? Uh, I know they have at least – I know their quarterback, Alex Toll. I just remember him from you know working at Fox 17 last year. I covered him a few times, and he I, he's going to Grand Valley to play quarterback. So it's not like Schoolcraft's a bunch of slouches. No. I know they have a stud wide receiver as well. And last year uh, he graduated, but Kobe Clark was his name. The guy, I think he had like – uh, the record for most touchdowns in like a nine game season in the MHSA. Wow. It was legitimately like watching like what like Barry Sanders in high school. It's kind of what he reminded me of. Just unbelievably quick and, and he's fast still and, on the team. And like a five foot six, five foot seven uh, height guy. No, he graduated last oh, year. He okay. went to Grand Valley. All but right. oh yeah. Just they produce some athletes there is all I'm saying. Well, we'll be there. It should be interesting. So hopefully you can tune into that one. Let's call this podcast a wrap. Follow us Letter of Partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for supporting Three Point Podcast and our partners. So long, everybody. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.